Hello, hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of Blueprint to Canton, where we build out a blueprint to winning campus to Canton leagues. I'm your host, Nelly. Uh, very excited to be doing episode zero of this show, where I will be introing it um, with with a glimpse of what's to come and kind of an explanation of the purpose of of this podcast. Uh, doing it in conjunction with the Campus to Canton uh, website and team. Super appreciative of them for um, for teaming up with me to give me the platform to to talk about this. So, so what is uh, the blueprint to winning your Campus to Canton leagues? Um, and what's the purpose of this podcast moving forward? So from my perspective as someone who, if you're not familiar with me, I love Devi, I love Campus DeCanton, I love Dynasty, but specifically within those leagues, I love the macro level strategy aspect of it, right? Like less player names, more game theory strategy is kind of how I view things. And with Dynasty, that is a... With the dynasty landscape, the dynasty like content market, that is a very <clears throat> um, widely discussed thing, right? Like that's that's a mature topic. There's lots of content out there on that. But if we if we talk about Devi and more specifically, if we talk about Campus to Canton, uh, there is very little strategy out there in terms of um, macro level ways to to build up edges and create advantages and be profitable in your leagues. And ultimately, right, like when you play in a Campus Canton league, when you play in any sort of fantasy league, you have multiple drives to do it, right? It's enjoyable. It's fun. It's a good way to learn about players, to stay up on new players, um, give you a reason to watch college football. But at the end of the day, most of these, if not all of these leagues are paid leagues and the the ultimate goal is to be profitable. Uh, if you're playing in one league, to win that league over time enough to to make back more money than you're putting in. If you're playing in multiple leagues, building up a portfolio to to be profitable over time, right? I mean, the, that is from my perspective the ultimate goal is to be profitable playing uh, campus to Canton, um, the the format. And so, I think there is a massive area. Uh, to to take advantage of in terms of being more strategic than your league mates right like if, if you think about it the the landscape of campus to canton and the content that is out there right now is almost exclusively player evaluations you have freshman evaluations you have um like devy evaluations of guys already in school you have deep devy of guys who might um might be emerging you have cff uh evaluation as well in terms of who's who's going to be breaking out who is um you know already a, a cff stud there is a ton of player evaluation out there and don't get me wrong that information is extremely valuable figuring out who is good at football and who is bad at football who will be a good nfl player and who won't be an nfl player who will be a cff contributor and who won't be is incredibly important but it's just a piece of the puzzle um and and the puzzle as a whole is is winning these leagues and and while knowing who is good is important it's not everything and so you need to use other sort of um, strategies to to utilize that piece of that puzzle in in the best way possible, and so that's that's essentially my goal here is is to 
build up utility around individual player evaluation to maximize your output uh, in these leagues, right? And so one of the goals of this podcast is talking about and mentioning specific players as little as possible is uh, is a goal of mine, right? Like I don't want to tell you, hey, you should start this player over this player, or I think this player is better than this player using specific player names. Uh, I, I would much rather talk about, hey, this type of player archetype is is a much better bet long term than this specific player archetype, or in in a situation where um, this player type is playing, you should start him in college over over uh, this other sort of player type. And so these are like big picture macro level guidelines that you can use on a large scale and um, and uh, and utilize across the board more uh, in a more in a higher utility fashion than a specific one-to-one player evaluation. And I think that's super valuable because there are so many players in college football that it's really hard to stay up-to-date on each and every one of them and make specific decisions based on specific evaluations. Um, And so if you can kind of create guidelines that that guide you based on uh, macro-level themes rather than micro-level evaluations... It, it provides a lot of utility in terms of saving time and in terms of uh, making good decisions. Um, so, so yeah, in, in terms of how this show will work, it's going to be on a weekly basis. It will not always be just me rambling on talking to myself. As much as I enjoy doing that um, in doses, uh, what I plan on doing is bringing on uh, different people in the space and and hearing uh, what their strategies, what their thoughts are, because there's a lot of really bright minds in this space, and I think this will be a good way to to demonstrate that and to utilize that. A lot of the guys at, at Campus to Canton I, I've all talked to just casually about certain strategies, and it's always super fruitful discussion. And so that's the sort of thing that I want to be broadcasted rather than just behind the scenes or as a as a, a casual reply on Twitter. Um, so so we'll do that on a weekly basis, and and the topics from week to week will will switch in terms of what specific uh, goals are 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 being aimed to be achieved. Right, like there are different forms of strategy there are multiple pieces of this puzzle that i keep referencing right like waiver claims is a big thing how you draft is a big thing how you build up your college team is one thing how you build up your nfl team is another thing and that that can be attacked from both the draft perspective and then a trade perspective and then a year-to-year um basis and and there's so much more that we can get into right so there i, I really think that that campus to Canton strategy content is this big black box right now. And, and I'm excited to kind of go week by week and, and attack a different, uh, a different puzzle piece every week, uh, and hopefully build out this puzzle. Um, so with that being said, that little long winded, not so little intro being completed, uh, I have two kind of small strategy topics that I feel pretty passionately about that I want to talk about this week. Um, the first, I think, is super applicable with it being in between week zero and week one right now. I want to talk about making start-sit decisions for uh, the first week of the season for college football. 
uh, because in in most campus to Canton leagues, your college side is uh, 45 guys, right? And your starting lineup is probably 10 to 12 people. And so that's very difficult in week zero, week one to to determine in who should start because you have so many options and so little information at this point in time. So there are a few guidelines I follow. Uh, number one is I want to do as little projecting forward in terms of improved role, improved talent as possible. If I'm starting someone in week one of the season, I don't want to have to project them to get a bigger work- workload than they've gotten in the past. I want that to be something that they've already done um, in, in previous years and in previous instances uh, to some degree. Um, so, so that's something I look for. So if I'm looking at, at specific running backs to start and all things else are equal, if one guy had, had like 10 games last year with 20 carries and the other guy was, was a backup who is talented and, and is now in line to be the starter and getting 20 carries a game, um, I will go with the guy who's already done it because we have to do less projecting there. Uh, I think that's a, a super important rule to follow for, for week one. Um, because projecting is hard, right? And it doesn't always go right. Um, we're probably not as good at it as we think we are because I think a, a, as a whole, we we being the community and just humans in general tend to be optimistic with confidence and projections, right? So leaving as little room to error as possible with, with projecting is important. The other big thing here that I like to keep in mind is is the matchup, right? You get a lot of really weird games in, in week one. You get you get Power 5 teams playing G5 teams. You get G5 teams playing FCS teams. Um, and so level of competition is equally important to the first thing I was re- referring to. Uh, I don't want to play any player uh, playing for a team that is playing up in competition. I don't want to start a player playing for a G5 team going up against a Power 5 team. This holds true in... Um, in almost every week of the season, but I think even more so in week one. Even if it's a player who is a stud CFF producer um, for a G5 team, I don't want to start them against any Power 5 team because it's just, it's such a, um, it, it's a difficult proposition to to go up in difficulty, especially in the first week of the season. Uh, especially when you probably have, there's no buys going on, so you have other options. So I would much rather start P5 guys going against a G5 defense or a G5 defense going against FCS defenses. Um, that That's something I, I also look for um, just as much as, as not projecting anymore. Um, so those are, those are the two rules I follow when it comes to like macro level start sits for, for week one, I, I went through and I set all my lineups and I was following these exact rules. And ultimately I, I came out of it feeling pretty comfortable about the lineups that I, that I set. And it's, it's really hard to, to hit that point where you're comfortable when you're, when you're picking 10 guys from 45 and you have no previous information to base it off of. So this to me is kind of a safe uh, sort of, uh, guide to to at least feel as good as you possibly can with with the starting lineup going into the first week of the season. Um, so that that kind of covers that topic there. The other topic I want to talk about 
uh, in this intro introduction podcast is there is a a a draft strategy that I've seen utilized that I really really want to caution against. Ta- draft being a startup draft for a campus to Canton league, um, and that strategy is tanking the NFL side to build up college side picks to build a powerhouse college team. And the reason why this to me is as bad of a strategy as you can do in campus to Canton is it's really, really hard to rebuild a college side without, uh, or sorry, to rebuild an NFL side without a rookie draft, a, a full-fledged rookie draft. You know, in Dynasty, if you're bad, if you tank in Dynasty, you get the 101 the next year. You get other picks that you potentially traded for in a, in a, in a strong rookie class or even a weak r- rookie class. You get good guys at the top. But the issue in Campus to Canton is, or in Campus to Canton leagues, is the, the rookie drafts are basically just the best FCS players and whoever wasn't picked up on waivers in your, in your league the previous season. And so it's pretty slim pickings and uh, definitely not enough to rebuild an NFL side. And so what you have to rely on is you have to rely on your college players making it to your NFL team and, and supplementing it that way. But projecting specific players to the NFL is much more difficult than projecting picks to the NFL in the sense of a specific player has all the upside to become a pick. Like a, 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 a rookie pick is what I'm referring to. Like you have a player uh, who's a year out from the draft. He's projected the third best player in this class or in, in this rookie class, and his upside is he can be that he can be basically the 103 in a rookie draft. But the downside is he can become completely irrelevant. And so there's so much more downside in holding on to players, specific players, rather than having these rookie picks in a typical dynasty league. And so you have when when you trade these NFL players away for college players with the hope of the college players making it to your NFL side, you have a you take on a lot more downside that those players never materialize for your for your NFL team. And what happens is there sure there's a world where these players work out and they make it to your NFL team. That happens, right? Like some guys will hit, some guys won't. Um but what can happen and what happens more than people want to admit or realize is if the college players miss in terms of their Debbie aspirations and their NFL potential, your NFL team stays bad. And then your college team is back to square one, right? Like you now are, you, you took on this massive disadvantage on the NFL side without really gaining anything on the college side, because even the, the assets that you end up picking up on the college side, when you go all in on the college side uh, at the detriment of your NFL side, they don't help give you a massive advantage at winning on the college side in terms of winning the CFF league because a lot of these Debbie guys are good CFF guys but they're not much better than than just um, G5 CFF assets that you can pick up later in drafts and so you kind of give yourself this massive disadvantage on the NFL side 
while not taking on nearly enough upside on the college side. And so this is something that I see a lot of new people to to campus to Canton leagues do because the college side is super exciting. The Debbie the sort of Debbie projecting is is one of the more fun aspects of these leagues. Um, but you're really screwing yourself in a comp- in a competitive ad- advantage sort of way. Um, what I would much much strong much recommend. I don't my my grammar is not great right now. Much more strongly recommend is is to not trade away college or NFL established assets for college assets because it's it's hard to really make that worth it uh, when it's all said and done. Um, and and so yeah, I mean that's kind of a a, a very general theory there. I, it that is that is something I'd like to get into more on a on another episode here, uh, talking with other people who maybe uh, employ or deploy that strategy um, to kind of get some back and forth going there. Um, but ultimately, I, I feel pretty strongly about that, and I'd, I would highly discourage anyone from, from, uh, from utilizing that strategy. So there we go. That's uh, essentially an episode zero here. I really just wanted to introduce, introduce the podcast to all the listeners here and, and kind of just go over two, two pretty basic strategic topics to start off with. Um, that I feel are pretty black and white here and, and don't really elicit a ton of back and forth conversation, um, but are ones that I feel pretty strongly about and definitely utilize myself. Um, so I, I appreciate each and every one of you for listening. Uh, please feel free to to reach out with with feedback, with, with advice, with thoughts of, of strategic topics, with pushback on what I'm saying. Literally any or all of the above, I'm open to. I love discussion. Um, But yeah, that's about it. Uh, Talk to you next time.